0: If, uh, you were We were in court, and the jury is our loved ones, our family, our friends, and the prosecution gets up and says Christianity is not true, and it's guilty. And it's nothing but a means to subjugate cultures over the centuries, and it's not true. And the jury is listening open-minded, and that's our family and our friends. And all of a sudden, the defense attorney gets up and says Christianity is true. Just because I have faith. You know, just because I believe it. Now, what 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 defense attorney is gonna go into the courtroom and say that my client is innocent because he told me so? And I have faith. You need to provide some evidence.
1: Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Hey, everyone, Christian Huntley here. So glad to be back with you again. We have David Palmer from Fire 180 on this week's episode. Enjoy the conversation.
0: Liftoff and the clock has started.
1: One of the things that makes my day It's when a person steps into the call that God has placed on their life. God has a call on all of our hearts. And I think life is more fun, more enjoyable, and it has a bigger impact when we dare to step into that. Our guest today is David Palmer, the founder of FAR 180, who has done that very thing. A friend of mine from St. Benedict Parish. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. I'm glad to uh, thank you very much for inviting me on. For our guests that are listening, FAR 180, never heard of it. What's that? What would you say?
0: FAR 180 stands for, it's an acronym for Faith and Reason and Changing Attitudes 180 Degrees. So basically, we provide evidence for God and Christianity to try to make a connection between people's minds and their hearts.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. And I can imagine people right now are going, oh boy, could I ever use that? I have several friends or family members in my life that that maybe that could start a conversation and get them thinking in a way maybe that they haven't thought before. I'm excited to dive into that. But before we do, I'd love to hear a little bit about your story, your encounter with Jesus. Will you share that with us?
0: Sure. Um, I um, grew up in a small community outside of Halifax where we had amazing priests and uh, grew up in a great Catholic home. And... Was an altar server, and we raised our family um, as altar servers and in the Catholic faith. And um, my wife and I just celebrated 37 years of marriage. And our kids. Congratulations. Thank you. Our kids are amazing kids. But there was a time um, when our oldest son, when he first went into university at Mount St. Vincent University, and he went into a religious studies course. And in his course, the professor, I remember when he came home, his professor said, that um, if any of you are Christian or religious at all, but especially Christian, you might want to get out of this course right away because you're going to find that Christianity is not true. And um, you might want to decide to get out of this course right away. So I remember he came home and he asked um, uh, his mother and I, why are we Christian? And we've had amazing priests over the years, too. And he says, why are we Christian? And we had no answer for him. Um, that was a reasonable answer for him as a university young person wanting to know the truth, and we watched um, someone who was an altar server. We watched their faith slip away and I think what happened to me is because of that doubt and skepticism it it um, it transferred into me. I was going to mass, I was like one of those people that might stand beside you, you know, going to communion, but I really didn't believe. And then I attended um, an Alpha at our parish. And one of the episodes of Alpha deals with the evidence for God and Christianity. And I remember at that time thinking, Evidence? Like, what do you mean, evidence for God and Christianity? And I remember thinking about the, the uh, listening to some of the evidence. And I thought, well, this is, this is incredible. And so for months afterwards, I. Um, I dove into this evidence of what was presented and much more. And I remember the day that I get emotional when I think about this wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I remember the day that I was at the treadmill at the gym and I realized that it was true. I don't know why I did this on your podcast. I'm so sorry. But uh, I remember calling our, our, our priest at the time. And I remember calling him and I said, um, Father Zach, I said, because um, we knew each other quite well. And I said, um, this the evidence for God in Christianity. I said, it's true. I said, we need to tell everybody. And, um, and uh, because just like I, I, I knew that there were a lot of people who needed to hear this message. And of course, it wasn't evidence that converted me. It was the Holy Spirit that converted me. But mm. it was the seed planting that um changed everything for me so then it became a passion of mine to share this evidence with um, with others you know sort of like you know that definition of evangelization where one beggar shows another beggar where they can find some food and I guess that's um was my mission and um yeah so that was the genesis of far 180 and was to um, um, have individual PDFs the handouts pieces of evidence for God basically so that others could make the same kind of connection between their minds and in their hearts, just like
1: I did. Wow, Dave, that's uh, so many things. I just want to double back on and talk about some more. Just thank you for sharing your story. I, I, Know what you mean when I tell my story? I too am overcome by emotion because it's it's when you're touched by God, when you realize this stuff is true, it changes you. And I love how you went from that realization to immediately we got to tell everybody. It's like the woman at the well, right? She like goes back to her town, brings everybody back. It's like she didn't go through a course. She went from realizing it's true, Jesus is God. To going and telling people, and that is such a powerful reality. Sometimes I think churches um, miss that step. Like we kind of sometimes we block people. No, not yet, not yet. No, let them go. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, they're passionate. Let their passion have its way, um, while you continue to to form them and, and disciple them. But passion is a beautiful thing, and the Holy Spirit, like you say, was that. At, work in your life, converting your heart and your mind. <laughs> and instantly when those two things connect it, you are on mission. Bang, bang, bang. And I wonder if that's not part of the litmus test for our own spiritual life. If we, we don't feel compelled to tell anybody. I wonder if there isn't an opportunity for encounter or mind formation, because when those two things come together, it creates an impulse to share. Would you say that's true?
0: Um, absolutely. You know, one of the best quotes that I love is by Matthew Kelly from the Dynamic Catholic Institute, and he, and he says it all the time, and that is that people don't do anything until they become inspired. But when they do, there's nothing that they won't do. And to me, I, I love that quote because it's so simple and basic that if you want to see people's feet change in a different direction, then you need to inspire them. So then the key comes down to how do you inspire them? And so then um, there's lots of different ways to inspire people um, and surveys have um, have definitely given us some um, answers to some of that direction. But again, it becomes the inspiration that people won't do anything until they become inspired.
1: Hmm. That is a really cool quote because that's true. Well, if you know your why you'll figure out the what and the how, but so often we focus on the what and the how, and that's the formula for, for us as Catholics. Oftentimes we just stick to a formula of church that isn't working as effectively as it used to. And yet we haven't, we haven't modified it. Like Pope, the Pope is begging us to change our methods, our ways, our language, whatever it takes to reach people. And yet we're holding on to this method. And I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. I am not saying that at all. <laughs> I like you. I'm a born and raised Catholic. Um, however, I think there are ways to be inspired by the spirit to to do things that God's calling us to do, which is exactly what you're doing. I want to double back because... You were inspired the same way, Nicky Gumble. One of the, I guess, the person who made Alpha really popular. He wasn't the uh, founder, initiator, but he certainly did make modifications and made it popular. But he too was inspired the same way you were, except for the opposite reason. Uh, You wanted to to really help your son, you know, and, and come up with answers because you were infected by this professor's declaration that. Christianity is not true, and you watch his faith deteriorate, and and as a father, that would be hard, and it impacted you, and then once you heard through Alpha, thanks be to God, there's evidence, I love that, you sought out the evidence, and it impacted you, Nikki Gumbel sought out the evidence, because Nikki and Scylla and Lee Became Christians in university and he sought out the evidence because he wanted to prove that it was wrong and save them from making a terrible decision. (laughs) And halfway through his reading of the gospels, he realized it was true. And and then he, like you, had this desire, this burning desire to go and tell people people have to know. I just I just love that. And just shows too that university is an important time in people's lives. And it can be a time where some of the seeds that were planted through sacraments and through a lived experience of church going up, go to die.
0: That's so true because when people go to university and they have their faith challenged, and if they haven't been, uh, had their faith grounded in reason and logic, especially for a lot of young people, they want anything they believe to be grounded in um, reasonable um, evidence. Uh, and they have their faith challenged and they, their faith slips away by these very aggressive atheistic professors. And uh, as um, Christian parents, we go on a search and rescue mission for their faith for the rest of their life. You know, we, that's what it is. And uh, so it's so important that, um, especially when they're teenagers, that their faith that we share with them, that their faith is reasonable and that they can believe not just on faith, but,
1: um, on faith and reason. Hmm. I have a friend of, or oh, actually, my mother. Uh, she made some friends recently of, of this mom and daughter couple that are in Halifax, and she's only 23, and I think she has her PhD in theology. And when she was a, a young girl, a friend asked a question, and she gave the answer. It was a faith based question, and she gave the answer. And she was telling her father about that. And he said, is that your answer or is that what you heard? And, and she knew that he knew the answer. It's what she heard. And he said to her, you know, don't ever give answers away that you've heard unless you've done the research. Because if not, people will be able to undermine your thinking. And really challenged her in her thinking. And of course, later, years later, she really, that, that transformed her life. But she really became somebody who wanted to be able to back up what she was saying and, and then went on to get a PhD. And so not saying everybody needs a PhD, but what I'm hearing you say for us as Christians, we can go to church. We can go, we put our kids in the right things and do the right things and yet still not have answers. And that puts us as risk at risk as parents, because our kids are going to need answers at some point, they're going to need our support. And, um, that, I, that's what I'm hearing anyway, at least that's part of what I'm hearing. What would you say to that?
0: yeah, i would I would say um one hundred percent you know uh, myself in the business world, um you know for almost forty years, and when I look at religion i I always think about two comparisons about our faith and in in business and in the courtroom. and for example in in a in our business, if any business was to uh, do focus groups as to why their business was failing. And it kept coming back to the number one reason. And the number one reason through Pew Research, through St. Mary's Press, through a lot of different surveys is that people just don't believe. That's the reason why they walk away, especially young people, is because they feel there's no evidence because they don't believe that's the number one. So if any business was uh, having focus group, don't you think that they recognize it? And they'd say, okay, this is the reason, how do we fix this? And, and the other example that I use is the courtroom. And if, um, if uh, you were, we were in court, and the jury is our loved ones, our family, our friends, and the prosecution gets up and says Christianity is not true, and it's guilty. And it's nothing but a means to subjugate cultures over the centuries, and it's not true. And the jury is listening open-minded, and that's our family and our friends. And all of a sudden, the defense attorney gets up and says, Christianity is true, just because I have faith, you know, just because I believe it. Now, what, what, what defense attorney is going to go into the courtroom and say that my client is innocent because he told me so, and I have faith? You need to provide some evidence. You know, St. Peter said, be prepared to give a defense for the faith, for the hope that is in you, and to always do it with gentleness and love. But you don't go into a courtroom Especially when our children are, are facing uh, prosecution attor- attorneys in university, you don't go um, defend against that by saying, just because I have faith, and you need to provide evidence, and that's, and that's just the reality, but that's the new uh, you know, I was, uh, as I was thinking about this podcast today. I was thinking about a quote that I love from St. Augustine. And the St. Augustine, because providing evidence is nothing new, even though maybe it's more enhanced today in the, in the modern world. But St. Augustine said, I would not be a Christian if it were not for the miracles, for evidence. You know, and, and, and that's us from St. Augustine, like in the fourth century. And uh, even when I think about Jesus, I mean, when I think about Jesus or the apostles, if it wasn't for evidence, Jesus would have been like, you know, a nice philosopher. I mean, you don't get people that um, become martyrs because they like someone's teaching. It's because they saw someone raised from the dead, you know, and they saw miracles. It's like, wow, okay, well, I'm I'm not going to deny that one. But I mean, so that's, it's evidence and it's a part of, it's it's and i think that's the beauty of christianity because god i believe wants our hearts and our minds and that's just one component of the mind that reaffirms that our faith is not in uh in in uh, some abstract thing but it's in reality it's in truth
1: mm. wow that's really cool i just recently i was in indiana and boy they built up a new church there and it's gorgeous and they have this this crucified jesus Hanging from the middle of their round ch- ch- sanctuary, and it's right over the altar. And, and they had this, of course, beautiful altar cloth on top of the altar. And they would come in in the morning, and there would be red stains on the altar. And it was coming from the crucifix. And so what do you think? Like, oh, and so they clean it off and everything else. And, you know, a week later, there would be more blood, what looked like blood there. And so that looks like a miracle. And it's easy to claim that it's a miracle. And, and but that's not what the church does. They research miracles. And so what happened? They, they reported it. Then the researchers came in and it was like, no, actually, that's a mixture of paint and oil from where the hinge is attached to the, the wire. That's all it is. It's not a miracle. And so miracles aren't miracles just because we say they're miracles. The Catholic church, when they stand behind these miracles, they're looking at scientific evidence that this is a miracle. And, and I don't think people know that. I think they just think they're very naive religious people just saying, oh, isn't that great? I was able to find a parking spot. Isn't that a miracle? And not that that can't be a small miracle, but the definition of of the Catholic church is, you know, these claimed miracles these claimed apparitions are backed up with evidence aren't they that's yeah, so true because
0: because the church does not want people's faith to be um in something that's untrue go to very very um strong means almost to the opposite of almost being so skeptical <laughs> um to, to, to try to prevent to try to prevent True. people from believing things and, and uh, but there are some amazing eucharistic miracles and to me like one of the most amazing miracles that the church has approved is uh, fatima and you know what's it's a crazy one is that i had never even heard of fatima here i am i'm 59 years old and i had never heard of fatima until probably maybe seven or eight years ago and this is one of the greatest miracles of the modern age. I mean, with uh, evidence from pictures and, um, and newspapers and, ev- and what happened in Fatima was just insane. It's incredible. And it's to me, it's the best kept secret in our church. And again, it was another piece for me that just um, made my faith feel so validated. And, and I think that that's what we want to do at, at FAR 180 is to help provide tools that validates people's faith to help make their faith feel deeper as well as provide tools for those people to be able to share why their faith
1: is reasonable. Dave, I know there's going to be some people that are listening to this podcast right now that may not be sure where they're at with faith or may be sure that there isn't faith and you just brought up something that was so important. What is Fatima for our listeners that maybe aren't Don't know what it is like. What is it without going into all the details? But what is it? What what should they be looking up to? Like you're saying, it's the biggest miracle in modern age. What is
0: it? Fatima is amazing. In 1917, Our Lady appeared to three children and told them that there was going to be a miracle that was going to happen, and uh, appeared to them several times. And the story is amazing about what happened. And at the said that there was going to be a a miracle of the sun was going to take place so tens of thousands of people appeared in fatima portugal to witness this supposed or debunk this supposed miracle that was going to happen and at the time of what the children said that our lady claimed was going to happen this miracle of the sun took place it was a pouring raining day and you can see the pictures of it because it happened in 1917. And um, it was, people were, like, fully soaked, and then the sun started coming down out of the sky, and they say it, like, dance in the sky. People were screaming like it was the end of the world. I mean, I guess it was just, like, insane And when you see the pictures and people, the horror in people's face because of what was happening. And then the sun went back into its place in the sky, and people's clothes, uh, clothes were completely dry and so on. And there's a lot more to the story, but it's incredible. It's an incredible miracle that just cannot be denied because it was witnessed by tens of thousands of people, including journalists. So, yeah.
1: That is so cool. So there's your taste. If you're listening and you don't know what Fatima is, that's a really great teaser, Dave. And uh, I just encourage the listeners to go and check that out. There's tons of information online. And when Dave's saying Our Lady, what he's referring to is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so that's awesome for our friends that are, are maybe not from a Catholic background. So that's awesome. So Dave, you talked about, you know, your, as you discovered evidence, And that's just such a fun story. It makes my heart uh, joyful to hear you tell your story about that because uh, <laughs> that's a heart change you can tell when somebody's heart has changed and as you tell that story i'm just imagining it in my mind like oh my gosh this is true father sack we have to tell people <laughs> it's exactly why he joined the priesthood hopefully uh so it's like yeah the church we have to we have to tell people in a way that they can listen and. and and so just like St Paul I'm I'm guessing like when he first started he wasn't particularly good at it. And it was through the formation of other apostles and disciples that formed St Paul apostles or sorry disciples that formed St Paul and the apostles that he got better at it. You know, he didn't just get, have his conversion and be really effective and impactful and my guess is with you it's because journeying with you at, St. Benedict, watching you, not that I impact you because I haven't, but watching you in the men's leadership gym, and you put that document together when you started the ministry, and this has evolved. I've watched your passion evolve. I've watched you bring a team of other people who are share your passion and vision, and I've watched together you guys grow into this call that God's placed on your heart. Is that fair? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, and I love the example of um, St. Paul because, of course, for many of us, he's one of my um, heroes because he was somebody who would go and to use logic and reason to argue um, the truth of of Christ And, and especially using the fulfilled prophecies that there were prophecies in the Old Testament and that how Jesus fulfilled them. And so, and he argued and debated um, the, and of course, then he got to the message of conversion, repentance, and so on, which is, of course, the, you know, the big part of the Christian message. Um, But to get to there, he planted seeds in his argument. So I love that example of St.
1: Paul because he's certainly an example for us. That's for sure. Mm. He really is because Jesus, he wasn't one of the original apostles. And so he didn't, didn't do ministry. He didn't hang out with Jesus. He wasn't inspired by literally being with Jesus while he was walking the earth. He had a vision of Jesus after Jesus had, had died and rose again. And so that's you and me. (laughs) That's, that's all of us is, is this encounter. And so how big a role, you know, how big a role does encountering Jesus play? And how big a role does discovering evidence play?
0: Well, of course, I think that discovering Jesus is, is the, certainly the, the, the biggest thing that's important. Because, I mean, it's, we all are carrying um, things that, we, don't, that are, we need healing for, that we're broken, and that uh, we need Jesus. But it's the planting of seeds of evidence that's so important with many people. And again, like the surveys don't lie. This is what's important. This is what impacted me. It's, a, it's what impacted C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis was, a, was a, a famous, one of the most famous authors of the 20th century with his writings of the Chronicles of Narnia. And, and for him, it, it, was a, it was, and I love when I read a lot of C.S. Lewis because it was uh, encountering the evidence that made him i think he says quote i became the most reluctant uh, christian in england you know of, of coming to the faith and and because i love what he says he says if christianity is not true it's of no relevance but if it is it's of infinite importance and when i think about that if it is you know that there's a, a, an accountability for our life death judgment heaven hell i mean if, if christianity is true then what could be more important? And um, so I think that evidence as it was for C.S. Lewis, as it was for me, as it was for many people, um, and that's just maybe how a lot of us are wired. A lot of people don't need evidence. And, and I say to those people, that's a gift. Because some people say, Dave, I just, I just, I have faith. And I think that what a gift that that was from Christ for them and from the Holy Spirit that they were given this gift. Um, But for me, I wasn't given that gift. Mm -hmm. And for many people, they're not given that gift. They need to be able to have the seeds planted. And and that's what we want to do is plant seeds. And some of the seeds fall on mines or like soil, which is the rocky soil or the soil that birds pick up and eat or that thorns choke out. Um, Or some of the seeds fall on good mines and, and will be multiplied. And so. It's not our job to determine what soil they fall on. It's
1: just to spread the seed, and that's the rest of it's up to the Holy Spirit. Oh, Dave, I love that, and that was kind of a trick question. Sorry to do that to you, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so important because God's going to use your your natural faculties if you're. More of a person that needs to figure things out, that needs to analyze things, that needs to look at the evidence. Well, there's plenty there. And some people, like St. Paul, he just had an encounter, an experience. And then he went on to find out the evidence. And so it doesn't matter how you get there. (laughs) The bottom line is it's true. And some people come there, by like C.S. Lewis, like you did, by exploring the evidence. And some people come by an encounter. Either way, it's okay. But to your point, if it's true, it's worth checking out. I was reading uh, the first letter to the Thessalonians that St. Paul wrote to them in chapter four and five talks about death and, and life after death. And I think to myself, it makes me think and it makes me pray and intercede for my people that I know in my life that maybe haven't taken the time to consider this stuff or have written it off a long time ago based on their experience as kids. I think to myself, gosh, I don't want them to encounter Jesus for the first time as they pass from this life to the next. Like, that breaks my heart. Like, if you're going to reject Jesus, do it now. Like, get the evidence. Take a look at the facts and say, no, it's not true. It's a bunch of garbage. And I did it as an adult. I'm not dragging my baggage from a kid and making my, my parents making me go to church and do all these things. I'm not using that formation of my life to make probably one of the most critical eternal decisions ever I'm going to do as an adult and so I just encourage any of you listeners to to you know put the past behind you take all of your experience your intellect your beliefs and and explore something to begin to look at the evidence so if you're going to reject it reject it with your, with your mind and your heart, like know that it's true or not true, but don't settle for what you experienced as a kid. David
0: Right, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say just to, to that point, you know I often will tell people, especially young people, it's okay to be skeptical, but what's not okay is not to look at the evidence, because that's not only okay. me, mm-hmm. um, because if it is true, there's nothing more important. And to your point, that uh, so often I'll think about go we all go to sleep at night and we wake up the next morning. We go to sleep and we wake up the next morning. And when we go to sleep, we think that this is going to happen forever. But one of these days, we're going to be we fall asleep and we wake up, we're going to stand before God. And um, so you want to be able to hear those words well,
1: God. Mm. Ooh, beautiful. So, Davis, we... What have you guys been up to? I, I want to I wanna focus on the ministry for a minute. I love, we've been talking a lot about the why, a lot about you, which I love because I think you're great. And, and I think the why is so important. I really have learned a lot about the drive behind what, what got you and your team to this place. But why don't you share for our listeners what you've been up to, and then maybe we'll connect them with, with you guys and, and the work that you're doing.
0: We have been trying, we've been creating a comprehensive um, resource list that people can, at far180.com, that people can use to add to their faith formation in parishes, um, small groups, youth groups, or any type of groups, so that they can add these elements of truth, of evidence for God and Christianity, of a variety of sources uh, on our website. And so basically we want to become a great second date where people can get to know God
1: um, and love God just like we have. Love it, and so it's that something. So as a, so, if I'm listening to this, we have a lot of church listen, uh, church leaders that listen from different parts of the world. They they might be thinking to myself. Oh, you're telling me I can go to your website, and there's a lot of different resources that we can use to disciple people. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely.
0: There's a. We want this to be a a resource and a source for people that can. Go to our website, and that on um, each, whether it be evidence for the New Testament is reliable and is in fact what the New uh, what the authors wrote, or evidence for the resurrection, or what has science uh, said about resurrection. I mean, most people don't even know that um, 86% of scientific Nobel Prize winners. Um, believe in God. 65% of them are Christian. Now, this is the scientific, the most greatest minds in the world. So we have tons of resources, archaeological evidence that proves that the Bible is a historical document uh, and not a Dr. Seuss book. And um, <laughs> But we have tons of, of evidence on there and downloadable PDFs. It's all for free. Um, videos, um, small group questions and discussion guides for the videos. Um, blogs, testimonies, natural wonders, um lots of different information. Our full 16-page um magazine is available for free that you can download. Um I'm available to come and speak. Um there's so we want this to be a resource, a second date as we say for people to get to um so that others can use our sources and plant seeds in other minds.
1: <laughs> that is that is so cool. And so if If you're a church leader and you're thinking to myself, my gosh, could we ever use some support and some help in this area? Maybe you're doing some things now that are really working well, and that's great. But this is an area that you probably haven't done much in, or not that you probably haven't, but if you haven't, then I would really encourage you to go to far180.com and and check out the resources that are there. If somebody's an individual listening, is that can they go there too and do some exploring, or is this more just for churches? No, this is for anybody.
0: This is, of course, our um, thought process was for Catholic churches. There's a lot of these type of ministries right now in the Protestant world, but in the Catholic church, sadly, um, it's not. And so our mission is try to um, plant seeds and try to help wake the giant. And um, But this is also for individuals. Anybody who's looking for, I mean, when I was looking on my journey, I was on sites like this. But... Sadly, there's a lot of sites that talk about archaeological evidence and some sites that talk about um, New Testament authenticity, but there's very few, if any, sites that encapsulate all of these different elements. And so that's what we want to do and to help
1: wake the giant. Oh, Dave, I love what you've done. Because again, God's hardwired you to come to him through your mind, through reason, touching your heart inspiring you through the power of the Holy spirit and you've taken what he's given you and you've stewarded and are sharing it with the world. And I am so excited about that. Thank you to you and all your team. I know a lot of them are from St. Benedict parish because you guys are close and tight and, and really getting to know each other and and supporting each other and, and answering the call that God's placed on your heart. Dave, I, I think it's amazing. Thank you for what you're doing. I really encourage our listeners to check, check Dave's team out at far 180com And again, if, and I love that you're available to speak. You know, I can see people at university wanting to get you to come and speak or to youth groups or even parish missions dealing with this stuff. It's a really cool angle to take. And so they can reach you at that website too.
0: Yeah, thank you, Ron. You know, to me, when anybody asks me, why am I Christian? The answer is simple because it's true. The evidence is beyond any reasonable doubt.
1: Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much. God can do amazing things in the connection between our minds and hearts. And isn't David just a prime example of that? I'm so thankful for his ministry and the blessing he is to others. Please make sure to check out Fire 180 and the work that they're doing. Feel free to reach out to us on our website at ronhuntley.com as well, letting us know how you enjoyed the episode. We'd love to hear from you as always. See you next time. I want to encourage you as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time and remember, you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.